Sensitivity is intelligence. With grace and skill, you have abundance. Welcome to the Psychic Hour. Host Kelly Briggle is a psychic medium, numerologist, healer, and teacher. Her passions are learning about the soul and energy. Whether through spirit, emotion, or vibrational numbers, there is always a pathway of information waiting to help. Now, here's your host of the Psychic Hour, Kelly Brickle. everybody and welcome to the psychic hour i'm kelly brickle and today we have a wonderful guest on the show carrie draper she's an energy healer reiki master teacher and she's been doing it for many many years so i'm really excited to understand how she started and all about her passion within this work further so we're going to have her on in just a couple minutes and we always dive into the topic of the day first and we talk about spirituality, um, whether it's intuition, healing, um, philosophies that let us know just that we are putting our emphasis on our souls, that we're putting our emphasis on wellness within our lives. This is the place that we discuss that. So along the way, if you have a question or a comment, you can pop it down and it helps inspire sometimes the conversation that we have. So with that said, the topic of the day, um, I was really inspired by just the notion of believing in oneself. And with anything we do talk about, it sometimes sounds simple, but when we really go into our own lives and we think about how we apply our inspiration or belief within ourselves, it starts to get really interesting really quickly. Um, with the people that we believe in, whether we put them up on a pedestal or we have a lot of appreciation or awe even um, for, and think about it, like it could be your family, um, someone in your family, it could be a best friend, it could be um, someone who's really talented, like you love their music or you love the way that they speak, it could be anything. Um, but you don't really ever have trouble rectifying if you believe in them you're just like they can do it they're doing it in fact they do it so well like it gets me excited just to watch them it gets me excited just to be somewhat in their presence and you in a way kind of get a piece of their energy um whether through like i said a feeling or just the inspiration of so there's no contest if they can do it and I know within my work, when I'm working with people one-on-one -on -one or in groups even, there's discussion about, you know, oh, can I really do this or is this real? And when I'm talking to a person directly, I go, yeah, that's all. What you're describing to me is all normal. They'll ask me like intuition questions. It could be anything. It could be with like psychic mediumship. It could be healing, whatever. And when they tell me things, most of the time I'm like, that's the most normal question. Like, Almost everybody who is learning about themselves has experienced that or, oh, yes, that's very um, known with the people who have talents or gifts like you. I know other people who have experienced the same thing. So it's like this energy of normalcy. There's this energy of like, oh, yeah, like, of course you can or of course you do it. And it, it's 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 very authentic because you're just encouraging what you know it is and you have experience to kind of validate that and make other people feel um, that it's possible for them too. But sometimes on the flip side, and I know when I'm in discussion with other people, and, and it, it sometimes it is a, a regarding other people, like let's say who are maybe skeptical of this work or not sure of this work. And they'll ask me about things. And I notice that I feel sometimes that I don't believe in myself quite the same way. I mean, a part of myself absolutely does because it is such a passion and such a part of my life. 
And I want people to know about the truth of what is possible with energy and what we all can do for ourselves. So I'm actually very like fervent in, in this like proclamation, but I know that if you directly put the attention on me, sometimes I will doubt myself. And it's something that I make sure I suppress if I need to, and I just do what I need to do or say what I need to say, even though I'm nervous or uncomfortable, Um, you know, whatever emotion comes up, because we're all very emotional sometimes when we're put on the spot. But I know that I contest it personally. And I go, oh, wow, you know, sometimes I don't realize that that's still a part of me until it comes up. and we're all learning about how we believe in ourselves and we're all learning about what is possible. And it is very true. If there's parts of ourselves that we are not sure of or in not incongruence, sometimes the way that we manifest or sometimes the way that we um, pull things towards us, whether it's people, events, you know, projects we want to work on, sometimes there's a rockiness even Um, because there's a part of ourselves that goes, hmm, can I do it? And it could be 90%. You're like, I know I can, not a problem. And the other 10% comes from unusual places, peculiar places, or maybe very known places about yourself. And hello to everybody coming on in. Hello, Christine. So it's a matter of within your own life, within your own um, recollection even where you currently are now, okay, what have you wanted to do? And do you believe it's difficult? Do you believe it's even possible? And it could be the little things because this is not just about big things. It's just how we use our energy. Um, Sometimes it's like, I want to go on vacation is, you know, I don't think I can make that happen. Like I'm really stretched thin and it could be from a practical place, but it doesn't stay the same. You know, we're not meant to stay the same. So maybe in a year or two, you can have that vacation. But what belief makes you believe that that's possible? Or what belief makes you think that, no, in two years, it's just it's just going to be more of the same? Or like within the relationship, um, it's just going to be more of the same. I better just suck it up. Or I better just know that this is reality. Like, what is your reality? And what do you believe it is? And and those are very powerful things to think about. Not just in, you know, do you believe in energy? And do you believe in the unseen? Do you believe in the way that you create within your physical reality around you of what you can have or the people that you can connect to? Um, How do you create actively? Because it's all based on if we have self-belief and we're all learning to believe in ourselves more in different ways. Whether you believe in unlimited potential, that means like you could constantly create, constantly keep going, or whether you believe that certain things are just possible. Um, What is the journey for you to get on that? What, What does it look like? Does it look lofty? Does it look simple? Does it look difficult? And Just those simple thoughts can really tell you a lot about yourself and where you're at because our belief ultimately stops us or gives us the key. It gives us the key to the next step. And we're incredibly powerful beings, all of us, all of us. You know, I kind of say it from time to time or a lot. Um, You know, there's nothing, yes, there's nothing really special about all this, but at the same time, every one of us is so uniquely special with what we're capable of. Like we have the energy of, you know, an entire sun in us with what we can do, with what we can create, with how we can help, with what we can continue to bridge to what is possible for the next and onto the next and um, inspiring people around us, whether it's generations or just the good people around us in our community. So we're all, we all have the potential for great things or a great act or um, to contribute to something as great as a smile, which again, has the energy, I think, not only of a sun, but a thousand suns, sometimes a good smile. So whether it's big or small, it's all special. It's all wonderful. It's all great. Um, how do you want to believe within your life? And how do you want to believe in others? Because we're already doing it anyway. It's just to what extent. So 
With that said, I want to shift gears and I want to focus on Carrie, our guest, Carrie Draper, and I want to bring her in right now. All right, let's do that. So here we go. Hello, Carrie. Hello. Hey. All right. I want to give you a warm introduction. I want to introduce you for everybody learning about who you are. And with that said, Carrie Draper is an energy healer, Reiki master teacher, and founder of Huntington Beach Reiki based in Huntington Beach, California. One of her specialties is oncology Reiki, where she is a teacher for Hogue Hospital Optimal Hospice and Orange Coast College, sharing her Reiki knowledge with others. Carrie has been a guest speaker on Reiki for cancer and cancer symposiums, summits, and documentaries. She has pioneered and started volunteer Reiki programs in local cancer centers, hospitals, hospice, senior centers, and horse and animal rescues in California and throughout the United States. Carrie offers one of the the longest running and most successful Reiki training programs in California, where she welcomes all her students to help those in need. With a massive passion for energy healing, she dedicates much of her time to volunteering Reiki throughout Southern California. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you. Absolutely. That th- those are a lot of beautiful things that you have created. Well, uh, you know, Reiki helped me so much that I just wanted to share it when I started, and it just kind of kept growing from there. So um, that was my whole plan when I started was to just get it out there and volunteer. So um, I'm still doing it. So I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, it's like the purity of it's just something that makes me happy. I love it. So can you take me from the top of that? Um, what within your life introduced you to Reiki? Um, well, I had gotten cancer. And so I went through treatment. Um, I worked in the biomedical field. So all this kind of stuff I didn't really believe in. Um, but I went through treatment and treatment caused me all kinds of issues. Uh, so a friend was like, well, you need to go meditate or go do some yoga or something. Uh, and so there was a, a little magazine and Reiki was in there. And so I read about Reiki and I was truly at first thinking, huh, that's ridiculous. That's not true. Um, But I thought, you know what? I don't know why. I just want to try it. So I went and had a Reiki session and I was just amazed at how well I felt afterwards. Uh, So something really bad, like having cancer brought me to something really wonderful like Reiki. Uh, So I can always go back and say, you know, thank God I got cancer. Um, Absolutely. It's a great, it's a great way to look at, um, you know, something unexpected originally in your life, how it led you to the next part of your life. Right. It totally put me on a different path. Um, You know, so I went from biomedical field, everything was scientific. I had to prove my experiments to really trust in the energy that this is real. Um, I will say at first, I still was kind of think I was making crap up as I went. Um, but I, uh, <laughs> eventually I was like, okay, this is real. I would see really amazing things happen. And so, um, it took a while for that trust to start, but once it was there, it was like, I trust in the energy a hundred percent. Um, so yeah, it was, yeah. it's an amazing journey. What was that internal process for you? Um, originally, uh, did you just feel the energy all of a sudden? Did you have different results right after the session? What started to change your mind? Yeah, when I had the Reiki session, I could feel the actual energy coming off her hands. So that was the first like, oh, maybe this is real. I'm not sure. Um, Again, maybe I'm making stuff up. I don't know. Uh, But then when I started actually doing Reiki on other people and I could see like these amazing changes, uh, that's what really kind of got me going, especially with animals. uh, Because I know a lot of people are, are naysayers about Reiki say, well, it's the placebo effect. The animals don't know the placebo effect. So when I would see really great results from working with animals, that kind of got me, okay, this is really real kind of a thing. I like that perspective. I don't hear people um, give that one so much. You're right, because an animal, it's just, the response is not to be like, oh, yeah, it it made me feel better. It's like, no, the animal can walk better. Right, exactly. Exactly. And I just worked with an animal and it was just that amazing. After one session, there was a huge change in them. So, um, yeah, that was the the one thing that I was like, okay, this is real. This is real. 
And so at what point did you start learning Reiki? Like, uh, how did you go from being like a a client to going, hmm, there's something here. I want to learn it now. I had two sessions done. And then after that, it was like, I'm going to learn this and I'm going to just work on cancer patients and animals. (laughs) So animals have always been a part of it. Um, But mainly it was, okay, I'm just going to offer this free to cancer patients. And so that's the whole reason I learned it. Um, And then, of course, you can do Reiki on yourself. So I thought, okay, this will continue my healing process myself. Uh, So that's, you know, why I was doing that. And did you go through, let's say, the different levels with kind of this enthusiasm? Or did you want to go over over everything kind of slowly and understand? Or like, what was your progression from, I guess, the beginning level one to going, okay, I got everything that I need. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm level three. I'm going to go to teach this even. Right. I was like, so excited. I know my poor teacher is like, okay, <laughs> what is level two? Oh my God. My level one was amazing. And so she was like going on vacation. I'm like, no, you can't go on vacation. I need level two. Now. <laughs> so I was like, so excited through the whole learning process. Um, each level, you know, more things would come to me, and you know, so I would just, I was like, totally like the kid in the candy store. I was so excited. Um, and I still get that way. You know, I still see things when I'm working that I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I just saw that. (laughs) Yeah. So I, excitement, I was not like, let me take my time. I'm like, I'll take my time later, but I really need all this information right now. (laughs) So yeah, I was very uh, excited. And um, if if I may ask, what were some of the things when you were first beginning that really got you super excited um, within the energy? Um, Just feeling it because that that level one class, you know, I was kind of went in going, okay, you know, the other people in class kind of were already in the metaphysical field. So I'm like, of course, they're all going to feel something. I'm probably not going to feel anything. Uh, And so when I did actually feel the energy come through the hands and I could feel people's energy, that was like, oh, my gosh, this is really exciting. And so that was the main thing. I could actually feel the energy. Uh, So kind of the science brain was like, "Okay, I feel something. So it is. real. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, So that was the most exciting part of it. Um, So I think that's teaching level one, because I see that. I agree. I agree. Like, so you see the enthusiasm that you once had and it fuels you um, further or you just when when people come to you, even in level one, do sometimes they give you even questions at, you know, that baseline point where "Hmm, I've never thought about it that way. Or does the, the newfound curiosity kind of spark something within you, you find? Oh, I get questions all the time that I'm like, I've never heard that question before. Now I need to figure that one out. So, uh, yeah. And I, so I learn pretty much just as much as everybody else does in class because people always have questions I've never been asked. And so I have to go figure that one out. Um, sometimes it's really interesting that the information's already there in my brain. And so it's just, there goes the intuition part where it's like, how do I know that? I don't know how I know that, but I do. <laughs> So, but it yeah. makes it really fun, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I, so I would encourage any kind of question somebody has to ask, just ask me, um, you know, like I said, I'll go figure it out. Otherwise, I'll make it up. So <laughs> who knows? Well, maybe, you know, or it's like, it's just, it's not coming from you, but it's very relevant, right? Sometimes right. it's like, where did I get that from? Right, exactly. There, the information's always there and you just have to kind of trust it. So, yeah, that that I love that I agree in Um, speaking of kind of taking things back to level one. um, So a lot of people know about the term Reiki and it's a type of energy healing, but not a lot of people know the history of Reiki or what makes Reiki Reiki. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, Sure. I think one of the biggest things about Reiki is it's so simple. You know, we're already born with this ability Uh, So the Reiki class is not going to make you a healer. You already are one. We're all born with that. It's going to give you tools to um, help you be better at it and to help protect your energy. Um, But uh, Reiki started in 1900 by a Japanese uh, man, Makai Usui. And so he was really into a lot of martial arts. And so part of his training was to work with the energy. And so he had decided to create the system of Reiki 
um, to make it something very simple that any person off the street can actually come in and do. And so that's why it just spread so easy because it is so easy to do. Uh, you know, there's no special uh, frequency you need to call in, no special color. You don't have to be in total meditative state. So it's very simple. Everybody can actually do Reiki. Yes, I think that's the most important message that he helped usher into the world. Um, it was kind of an exclusive practice or something considered, you know, mystical or um, like the spiritual schools um, only taught and you'd have to have access um, through other means, but he made it for the everyday person. Right. Right. And so I guess um, that's probably why as far as energy healing, it's like one of the most popular because it is for every person. It is for every person. And how do you feel um, Reiki is to you with the energy signature? Do you think it could be all things because it's just universal energy or does it feel like a specific way to you? Um, I think Reiki is everything because again, everything is energy. Uh, so you know, as far as healing goes, you know, people, animals, but things, you know, um, the environment that you're around, you can change the energy. So I believe uh, Reiki is just everything. And we are Reiki. We're 100% Reiki energy. So we have to remember that as well. So just by sitting here, you're actually creating, you know, the Reiki energy around you in that room. So And be getting back in touch with like that part of ourselves. Right, right. And so we have to remember that all we need to really do is just become that energy. And we change people around us. We change the environment. So, yeah. It's everything. How did your energy start to change when you started tapping into Reiki more and more? Well, um, the first thing was I realized, oh, I have it. Thank <laughs> 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 God I have it because I'd be dead. <laughs> um, but I just, as I worked with it more and more, I just noticed I could feel it more. I could feel it stronger. Then I could start to see the energy which was really exciting for me when I could start to actually see the energy um, around people. Um, mm. So it just became stronger. And just as I guess, as my vibration went up uh, a lot more of this kind of psychic stuff going on around me, I was able to actually experience and see. Uh, so that's the biggest thing. So a lot of the stuff that I was like, Oh, that's ridiculous. It's like, Oh, I see that now. <laughs> so I guess it's not so ridiculous. <laughs> so, it's yeah. true. Yeah, it's true. We're, we're all connected. At least I believe we're all connected. And when uh, you merge with a force that permeates through all things, you start to really experience that on a different level. Right, right. And you do. You feel very connected to everything, everybody, uh, which is great, too, because you don't feel so alone. I know we all kind of feel like we're in our little own bubble, but we're all connected. And so we have the information from everybody that's there. It's true. I, I love that. I love that. Um, because yeah, all that information is just hanging because right. it is just the way that it is. It's just the way that we operate. It's just the way that we think it's just the way that we feel. And so when people are having psychic experiences or mediumistic experiences, it's because the energy is just hanging around somewhere and some people know to look there or they're naturally just more preconditioned to be sensitive to that quality of energy. Right. Right. And people experience that all the time. They just think it's their eyes playing tricks on them. Um, it's just like when somebody steps behind you, you don't hear them, but you feel them, you know, you're feeling that energy is what you're feeling. And so, you know, everybody's experiencing this stuff that they just don't realize they are. Yes. And, um, I know that when I started developing it, and, and tell me about this too, Carrie, for yourself, that when I when I went deeper, I was, I, and I know a lot of people who have commented um, as well like this, oh, I was doing that before, but I never thought of it as a thing, or I was doing that before, but I was dismissed it as logic, or I was just lucky. So it's just some of these things people already have, but they their perspective on it is just very much what the world um, kind of would rationalize. Right, right. 
And I get that all the time when I'm teaching. I will teach something and I'll get students to say, oh, my God, I already do that. So, again, we already know all this stuff. Uh, it's just trusting yourself to um, kind of like what you were saying earlier. Trust. You know this stuff. It's already in you. It's true. We have to be in touch with ourselves um, to really help others as we go forward. And this work starts that process um, of going, who am I really and what am I capable of? And it opens that space for so much good, I think. So much good. If I may ask too, so what what kind of got me excited is you said, as I started to do this work more, I started to see energy and see um, see the energy of people. And so can you talk about that? Um, yeah. Well, when I first saw it, I did. I thought, oh, man, my eyes are playing tricks on me. Um, but what you'll notice is that those wavy lines are coming off people. That's energy. You'll also will see like the haze that, you know, comes off them with the aura and it will change colors. Uh, so again, um, I was seeing this stuff before, but like we were saying earlier, I just, oh, it's just my eyes. But once I really realized what it was and started looking, it was like, oh, wow. Okay. So there's a lot more going on in our energy than what I really thought was going on. Uh, so I experience it as the haze that I see in the colors. And then I also see the wavy lines. And the wavy lines. Um, so if I may ask, when's the first time that you realized that you were seeing color? Because I feel like the haze and the waves, those can be thawed away. But when you get a bright color, <laughs> that's kind of more in your face. Right. Um, I was probably like level two. So when things really started to open up, when I realized, oh, I could see that. But actually seeing the aura um, was really quick and easy for me to do. Uh, so when I did the little um, exercise, they said to see the aura, it was right there. And I was really shocked at how quick that came. So, wow. yeah, that's amazing how quick that came with one exercise. It just was unlocked because right. it's just such a natural part of you. So, um, yeah, so it's like um, but what's funny is because my kids, when they were little, um, they could see energy. So kids already see this stuff, you know, and they haven't put the blinders on yet. So they would look at people and say, oh, look, they're green or they're this color. And so I would look and say, oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> so um, kids are amazing because they see all this stuff already. I love it. And right, we all put our blinders on based on, you know, what we've been told or experiences. Sometimes our heart is open or, you know, our energy is open and something happens and we're like, mm, not a good idea to do that anymore. It's not a good idea. to do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so now and, the teenagers, they're kind of in that spot now. We're like, oh, mom, you're just silly. <laughs> it's like, okay. Wow. <laughs> so, you, so you as a mom, like you've been guiding them to just go, yes, this is, I mean, you just accept them for how they, they view things, but you acknowledge that things are real. And then as, as, as kids, they saw it. So what changed for them? It was, was it their friends? Was it school? What do you think changed for them? Oh, no, I'm just at the uh, stage where I'm just so uncool. So <laughs> the parents don't know anything and they're not cool whatsoever. So that's what we're doing right now. Uh, people say when they get in their 20s, they'll change back. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, some things they have to acknowledge that, like, you know, some things. Because <laughs> if they have, you know, like a stomach ache or something, they will say, Mom, can you come do Reiki on me? Um, but, you know, as far as them doing it, you know, for me, yeah, no, 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 I don't do that. So, yeah. <laughs> so only when they really need me, then I'm cool. My goodness. Yeah. Kids are crazy. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Um, with, uh, if I may ask too, uh, since we're talking about like the ore and everything, you talked about the wavy lines. So can you talk about how you experience that and where those lines go and what they connect to? So, um, I, you know, when you look at like hot pavement and you see the wavy lines coming off that. So we have that actually coming off our bodies. And so what I will do is when I'm at the person's head, I will just kind of look through their aura and see what their wavy lines are doing. Ooh. So if I know if there's an area where they're not moving very quick, so there's probably some blockage going on there. Or I'll see other areas where it's moving really, really fast. That's going to tell me there's probably a rip in the aura right there. 
And so, um, so that's kind of how I will look at those wavy lines. What exactly are they doing? Interesting. Okay. So do you do a mixture of like feeling and seeing and do you um, account for, I guess, what senses um, do you usually use when you are looking at someone's energy? Is it predominantly feeling and seeing or is it just seeing? No, it's both feeling and seeing. So when I say, oh, look, there's a rip, I will actually go with my hand over that area and it's be, oh, right there. I can totally feel it. Um, So I do both. Well, I love that. Um, I never thought to look at the wavy lines in someone's head, but that makes total sense. I love it. Um, What experiences within your own life, whether in, let's say, a Reiki class or just out and about maybe the grocery store, um, how has reading someone's aura helped you within your own life or, you know, seeing the colors or seeing qualities of who they are? Um, so a lot of times, um, like when I'm working on a client, I want to see their aura, you know, what, what does their aura look like? Do they need, you know, strengthening? Is it really close to the body? Is it far out? Um, kind of look at the colors to see kind of where they're at. Um, so I will use it in my healing as far as out and about, it's just fun to look at people <laughs> and see what color they are, you know. And then, of course, if you see an area where there's a big blob of dark energy or a dark spot, you know, then it's like, oh, that really needs to be cleared out for that person. Um, but usually when I'm at the grocery store, I don't come up and say, hey, can I clear your energy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably just slapped. But, um, but in, in my sessions or even in class, if I see like there's a dark part of their energy, that just tells me that really needs to be cleared out. And so I will do that for them. Do you ever feel like when you're working with people, because you're able to pick up so many things, do you ever feel like there's not enough time to address everything within one session? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, because some people come in with a lot of stuff and, you know, and it's been years of them developing that stuff. So you're not going to get rid of everything. Uh, but then sometimes I have sessions where it's just amazing and so much changes in just that one session. Uh, so we all get what we need. Some people need a slower healing. Some people need a really quick one. So I never know what's going to happen until I'm in it. So. <laughs> yes, it's true. I It's a great way. Blank slate it. Um, Angela says, personally, I would love if someone came up to me at the store and asked to clear my energy. (laughs) (laughs) I think that would be a a special circumstance for, you know, (laughs) the person to be so open and you to be so willing and right. Yeah. You know, sometimes you get in, you know, who knows, right? You never know who you're going to meet or what situation. Have you ever had a situation where someone just, you just start talking about energy and someone goes, oh my gosh, you're like a Reiki, um, you know, master. Like, I want to get a healing. Do you you have people kind of gravitate to you ever with that? Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, Reiki is becoming so much more popular. I mean, you look, you know, TV shows, movies, you know, there's Reiki practitioners now. Um, So a lot more people know what Reiki is. And so, yeah, if I start talking about it, then, you know, you'll get people come over or I want to learn or, oh, I want a session. Um, You know, when I started this, like, she's 16 years ago, um, not many people knew what Reiki was. So you talked about it. They're like, what? And they would just glass over and be like, "Okay, you're crazy. Um, So, yeah, I find that happens all the time. It's much more open and accepted. I agree. Um, so Christine is asking, can you, could a person know if they would have a lot of dark energy around them? Like, you know, it could, that could mean a lot of different things, but um, yeah. Um, a lot of times you're going to feel heavy. You're going to feel just heavy. Um, you might have an area in your body that hurts more than other areas. So you probably have a lot of block energy there. Uh, and so that block energy is going to show up as a dark area in your, you know, your aura kind of a thing. But most people, they just feel heavy or they just have an area that's just always a problem. I agree. Um, uh, like I think and Carrie, um, tell me if you do this as well. Um, I think a great um, like tool to use is just sometimes your hand and sometimes you can sense just around your body. Something feels really dense. Right. Um, it almost feels like there's something in the air around your body and you can interact with that and go, oh, 
that feels he- like you just said heavy yeah. um and you can play around with how you feel not only inside but around um you know your physical body and it gives you heads ups and clues or validations right absolutely so, that's why you want to clear your energy every day so like the dry bathing that we learn in level one, that's like so important because you don't want this goop in there. So yeah. Talk talk about the dry bathing. I think that's a great. Um, so yeah, it's a technique in level one. Uh, and it's just really clears your energy because as you go throughout your day, you're just, you're picking up goop. And like I said, if you're picking up a lot of goop and you're not clearing it, it's going to become that dark, heavy spot. Uh, so it's very important to clear that every day. Um, I love hearing kind of the way you teach too, because there's so many different styles of teaching, even though there is rooted history and then there's some things that have been very consistent with the way that Reiki has taught, or there's been things like lost with the way that Reiki is taught. And so, you know, we all have to do personal research or we add things to, to help us connect to the energy. But I, I love hearing that because, um, so I met you, Carrie, uh, I'm trying to remember it's 2014 or 2015 yeah. and um, you were teaching a oncology Reiki class and I had just moved to the area from Illinois kind of like a year before. So in Illinois, that's where I got all my Reiki training. And then I came in and I met you and I just always appreciated, appreciated the enthusiasm like from which you taught at. And yeah, I, I, I have not heard of the dry bathing. So I'm perking up just listening to things that you're saying. <laughs> yeah. So that's part of the um, traditional Japanese stuff that did get lost. Oh, oh, see, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when it came to the West, a lot of the Japanese components to Reiki got thrown out. And mainly because uh, she was trying to get Reiki into Hawaii in the 1940s. We are being bombed by the Japanese. So she was very smart in taking the Japanese out. So a lot of that stuff is finally coming back. It's been lost for like 50 years. Uh, So the techniques in the level one that I train are a lot of the Japanese techniques. Yes. So you're referencing Hawaii Takata and Mm -hmm. how she brought... Reiki to the United States. And that was very interesting in itself, um, yeah. kind of how she set up Reiki to be respected. Exactly. Right. Um, yeah. So she wanted to be more uh, Western um, approved <laughs> kind of a thing, uh, which thank God she did because that's how Reiki was able to move through the West. So um, her technique worked well. That's why it's so normalized now. Right. I, I hear you. Um, I, yes. So I, I want to ask to with, um, so S- Christine as well, she kind of mentioned, um, how do you know about your energy or how you do, how do you know about other people's energy? And so what are some common things that you sense within people where you just go, Oh, there's an imbalance. There's, yeah. there's an imbalance that you feel like everyone should know about themselves even. Right. So if I'm standing next to somebody and they're really unbalanced or they need a lot of energy, I will notice my hands will start to really buzz. Mm -hmm. So that will tell me, okay, somebody's really pulling energy that's right around me kind of a thing. Um, Also, you know, I'll have friends or something say, well, you check my energy and I will just kind of do the scan over their body. And so areas where they need energy, my hands will start to really buzz a lot. And so I will feel that energy pulling off the hands. Uh, so that's how I experience it. I love it. Yeah. Like make life more interactive with how you are checking in with yourself. And um, for people who, let's say for people who have never experienced Reiki with um, how they use their hands, how would you explain that too to them? Um, just pay attention to them. And so, like I said, everybody can do Reiki. So you might already experience that sometimes your hands get really hot or they might feel a little tingly. Um, That's the Reiki turning on. And so everybody can do it. Uh, But again, we just kind of put it off. Oh, my hands are hot or they're just tingly. Um, But actually your Reiki energy is turning on at that point. And we all have like spiritual life force energy that interacts with things around us. Right, right. If you didn't, you'd be dead. So yeah, <laughs> you don't want to be dead. 
<laughs> no, we like vitality. We like vitality. <laughs> um, so going back to, um, I wanted to ask you to share more about something wonderful that you've done so much of in your life, and that is oncology Reiki and working with people who um, are going through cancer treatments um, and need additional support or hospice. So can you can you tell me how um, that started within your your life of of doing oncology Reiki or you know going to to people within the cancer centers um, as well as expanding it so much. Um, yeah. So like I said earlier, one of the biggest reasons I did this was to just offer it free for cancer patients. Uh, it helped me so much. I thought, okay, I'm just going to give back and do that. Um, as I started doing it, then I started thinking, you know what, it would really help to be in the cancer center. And so I started really bugging the heck out of the cancer centers around. And Hogue was one of the ones that I really was kind of, you know, you know, you need a Reiki practitioner, you need, uh, you know, a program. And they finally said yes. And so that's how the program started there. I just, a lot of it was just really bugging the crap out of people. So I would call them and they say, not now. And I call a month later, hey, so how about right now? And so I think sometimes they just got tired of me and said, sure, come on in and do it. You're very right. You're very right. That's how it started. And so it just went from there. It went like crazy. So all the, you know, cancer centers in the area know that I do this for free. Uh, so they start sending their your patients my way. Um, and so it just, like I said, it just grew to where it's just, you know, everybody kind of in the cancer community knows what I'm doing. Uh, so it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, a lot of times too, the, by the time they come to me, they're already stage four. Uh, they've tried all the Western medicine and they've tried all that. And so now they're kind of going at whatever they can, you know, grasp. And so uh, I find that Reiki helps them so, so much, even stage four. Uh, you know, I'm not in this to cure everybody because I know that's impossible, um, but I can um, make them feel better. And um, also, I noticed that when they're receiving Reiki, it just prolongs their life. You know, these stage four uh, people, what I notice is that their cancer just kind of stops. And so the doctors are always like com- confused. It's like, well, what are you doing? Because you haven't had any progression for, you know, a year now. What's going on? And it's usually they'll say, oh, I'm Reiki. I'm getting Reiki. So um, I see that. And that just keeps me going. And do you find that there's a certain frequency? Um, like even in the, let's say, what halts the cancer within, um, you know, your experience, is there a certain frequency, like a couple sessions that helps really to stabilize them? You know what I think really happens is the immune function actually works. And we all know that Reiki just promotes the immune function. And so if the cells that are around that tumor, if they all are healthy and they're vibrating at the right frequency, uh, they can contain that tumor, keep it from growing. Um, Also, if your immune function is working really well, if the cancer cell does break off and go into the blood system or the lymphatic system, the white cells are really good about taking it and getting rid of it. And so I think it's their immune function that really steps up and does its job. And Reiki promotes that so well. So when you are working with patients, do you usually focus on, let's say, the stomach to build immunity? Or do you go to the areas that the cancer is usually? So um, I have a lot of different techniques that I do for cancer patients. Uh, I do the whole body. Um, There's certain organs I will pay extra attention to because I know that's where cancer metastasized to the most. Um, But I will work with the immune function. Um, I do a technique to help with the um, cancer uh, cells to just kind of slow down and stop, um, but also get those uh, immune cells. So I activate the bone marrow. Um, So it gets the immune cells kind of in there doing what it needs to do. And did you develop this protocol or these knowings over many years? Like how, how did this knowledge form for you? Yeah, it's just years of really working with them and then just spending time really thinking about what I'm trying to accomplish. So, um, it, but it was, it was years of doing this. And uh, so that's kind of how the class became, the ecology training um, became about because I would have people, you know, what do I do for this? What do I do for that? And so I thought I need to create training 
and have all these techniques in that training so that, you know, people can help, um, you know, those in treatment. And, and this is such like a cornerstone of the work you do. I mean, your website is free Reiki for cancer.com. Right. Um, that's, that's an incredible, um, it's just an incredible um, goal that your whole business is wrapped around. Um, how did you start? So you said you called a lot. You called people a lot month after month after month. Yeah. Um, and did you have to do that for every single hospital or, or clinic? Or did, did the energy start to go like, okay, we already know you do it here. Um, you, oh, you, you have a program there. Okay. Since you're verified, let's bring that program over here now. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. It, so it got to the point where now people will call me. So I don't have to be calling everybody else. So yeah, people will call me, um, even from other States, they will be like, we really want to start a Reiki program here. What do we do? I have the protocols already written up. Um, so I will share the protocols with them. Um, you know, offer any help that I can, uh, so, um, you know, like right now, Fountain Valley Hospital is trying to get a program going and they contacted me. So, so yeah, so all that calling worked. <laughs> so now I just have to answer the phone. <laughs> it's, no, 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 no. That tenaciousness is needed because you are literally changing the, the way that they do things. And it's, it's understandable but frustrating because you know the hospitals have a protocol too that's how they you know work with so many people so the fact that you've actually you know shoehorned originally now you're very very like you know accepted like come on in please but originally shoehorned like we this has to change maybe what so if within that if i may ask what were some of like the pushbacks that you got back in the day uh, a lot of it was they didn't want to write a protocol because that meant extra work for them. Uh, another thing that I found out is that, you know, you would have one director who knew what Reiki was and be like, yeah, come on, come on in. And then that person would leave that position. And then you would get a new director who was like, I have no clue what Reiki is. No, we're not going to do that. Um, so, I mean, we've been in hospitals where we've had our shirts, we we're like ready to go. And then a new uh, director would come in and just stop the program right then and there. Uh, so that has happened. Uh, yeah, a few times, but most of it is people like, well, we have to write the protocol and stuff, but now I can say, but I already have one written, so you don't have to do the work. So, um, but that was the main thing. They didn't want to do the extra work or they had no clue what Reiki was. That makes sense. And now you have just so many programs and you have people that volunteer their time with you or show up where there's consistent uh, free Reiki for, for patients every week. Right. Right. That's um, amazing. Yeah. So I get a lot now of calls. And so um, my students are welcome to volunteer. And so if they, you know, if they live in a city where there's a cancer patient that needs a practitioner, I just kind of connect them together. Um, so I get a lot of calls for that where they're, they're um, family members too sick to move and come to me. So I will connect a practitioner with them. Ooh, I just click something. There you go. Um, <laughs> sometimes we click things, but yes, you have a lot of resources where there are, I would imagine hundreds of people are coming to you uh, like within a, a small amount of time throughout the year, um, you know, asking where do I go for this or what do you recommend for that or you know, my, my husband, my wife, my, you know, my child even unfortunately is going through this right now. Yeah. So I get a lot of that. Um, and like I said, if I can connect them to a practitioner, if they can't leave their house, but if they can, they will come to me. Um, and so I do have children as well. I know that's really a drag. Um, but yeah, any kind of support I can give sometimes um, that becomes a hospice situation. Uh, and so when it becomes that and I've been working with them, I do go to their house during the hospice uh, period um, to help them transition. If if I may ask too, I know this is a more sensitive subject. So, 
you know, most people who come for Reiki are adults. Mm -hmm. They just are, or or even young adults. Um, But you don't have as many children coming for Reiki. And what have you noticed with um, how a younger body is versus an older body? Well, they're funny because kids, when they first feel the energy, it's very ticklish for them. So you might notice they get kind of giggly or they'll be kind of like, hey, that tickles kind of a thing. Um, They don't need to sit there for an hour getting the session. You know, I usually will spend, you know, 20 to 40 minutes at the most. Um, But usually after they have their first session, how this one little boy, he was so cute. He was seven. So I did his first session. He comes in, he lays on the table. He's like, you know, you can do longer. (laughs) Cracked me up. He's like approved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I had a, another little girl. She was so funny. After her session, she was like, wow, I feel really good. Mom, you need to give her a really big tip. <laughs> so it, it was very funny. It cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. They're just like, it's good. They're like seal of approval. Um, yeah. do you know do you notice? within um, their energy, how they don't have the same things within their aura, because let's say they haven't taken on, let's say, responsibilities or burdens or losses or hurts. Yeah. So their energy is definitely clearer. So that's why it doesn't take so long. And they are very open. Uh, So it's very easy for that energy to get inside and do what it needs to do. Um, So I notice changes in kids really quickly. And do you, do you ever notice, like, let's say some kids' um, energy feels more like an adult's energy? Yeah, because you do have children that do have a lot of stress and things going on. Um, I worked with a little girl that was having a lot of issues. And so, yeah, her energy was a lot more heavy than um, normally I would have with kids. Um, I do have kids with cancer. So, again, their energy is going to be more heavy. Uh, they got a lot more stress going on than the normal child would. So, um, yeah, I do notice. I think it's uh, interesting to talk about that, you know, from that perspective of, yeah, how we can even sense that and just the child's background or what they're going through. Um, I think it's important for for people to think like that or even parents to think like that um, with what we become. Um, so I would like to talk about um, – since we are talking about um, oncology Reiki, what are some of the things that people can be a part of, whether it's learning oncology Reiki, because I know you have a class actually today with that, or even if they want to volunteer if they're in the Southern California area. So they can come take the oncology class. They just need a level one uh, Reiki class first. uh, So they kind of understand how to do a Reiki session. Uh, And then I have them sign up as volunteers. So they can either come help me when I go to different, uh, you know, venues for stuff. Uh, sometimes I'll just have a lot of cancer clients at one time where I'll need help and they can come in and volunteer. Or like I was saying before, they can um, meet with somebody in their city and go help them at their house. And do you have a lot of whether it's um, people who want to actively heal and to be in a role of you know, offering their services directly in a way where they don't have to wait to build their business. They can go directly and help people. Um, You have that in place, which I think is awesome. Um, But as well, you have multiple classes where people can learn more about the Reiki um, natural gifts. And so you have coming up this month, a Kundalini Reiki class, and that's a couple of days if you can talk about that. Right. So that class is, um, you definitely have to be a level two uh, Reiki practitioner for that class because the energy is extremely powerful. Uh, So basically, you're uh, awakening the kundalini energy and you're um, having that kind of infused with the Reiki energy. So you have a really raw, powerful energy, but then you have the subtle intelligence of the uh, Reiki energy coming in. Uh, So for that class, it is, it's all about getting the body ready to handle that kind of energy. Uh, So I'm not teaching you Kundalini Reiki. What I'm doing is we're getting through and making sure everything is totally cleared. And I love that concept. Um, So I was a part of your your June class this year, and there was so much meditation, and I loved it. I really did. Right. Yeah, it's more of a retreat than a class. (laughs) (laughs) That body ready. 
So you just you, yeah, you you um it's an immersion where you could to experience and kind of reprogram certain things and it was really really lovely and I started to experience like Reiki come in uh in a different way and um I have a good relationship with the energy but I loved how it opened up even further so I really appreciate the way that you taught that class. Right, right. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of people that teach it. So uh, it was important for me to make sure it was done safely. And so that's kind of how that two day class became about. I want to make sure everything was just safe because uh, I noticed people will have their Kundalini awaken and it's not done safely. And then they have all kinds of issues. So I haven't had any problem with you guys. You guys have all done well. <laughs> And that's, that's something too. So um, I think that is a fascinating point um, within uh, energy understanding the, the Kundalini awakening or the Kundalini energy that naturally um, exists inside of us. And so can you talk about um, what happens when people tap into that? You just have a really good clearing. So a lot of stuff that you haven't healed, that's really deep within that stuff starts to come out. So I, I always say, you know, we're always healing, but we're working on our front yard. You know, Kundalini <laughs> is really about going into the backyard and really healing the stuff that you don't show. And oh, that's so uh, great. So, you know, but, and, you know, we're good about talking about other people's backyards, but this is about your backyard and uh, really healing stuff that is really deep rooted. And um, even teaching the class, I always find something else to heal when I'm teaching class, that class. It's crazy. Um, it's like, oh, I didn't know that was there. Okay, I'm healing that right now. Hopefully I don't cry in class because that would be really embarrassing. <laughs> so uh, it is. It's just a real deep healing process. And do you find that, you know, people have, and I'm sure you do, but it's like the whole sleeping and food changes or sometimes pe people feel like a complete energetic different quality for let's say that peak energy whether it's a week or a couple weeks after or or a month what what have you experienced from the student feedback or your own personal understanding with that energy um so again it opens up to what is stronger so that's one of the main things they notice is that when they're doing their reiki sessions it's a lot stronger um eating is a big thing. I will have students say, I don't know what the deal or what you did, but I could not stop eating. And oh, so it's yeah. like that will go on. Or they're like, I couldn't even wait to get home. I had to stop somewhere and get food because I was starving. Uh, so I think just all that energy running through the body just really activates everything. And so I, I get that a lot. Some people are, they're sleeping better than they ever have. Um, you'll get others that are like, oh, I'm so buzzy right now. There's no way I can sleep. Uh, yes. So it goes both ways. I never know yes. who's going to be in a coma and who's going to be buzzy. <laughs> so I don't know. Right, right, right. I, mean, I warned them all. <laughs> this could happen. Yes, yes. <laughs> Disclaimer. Um, I think it's so fascinating to talk about because, yes, um, not that we want necessarily ex extremes, not that that showcases that anything's ever working, but sometimes when you have such extremes, uh, people can really go, wow, okay, something's at work and they can, you know, wrap their head around it a little bit. Um, so it, it's, it is fun to talk about. Right, right. It definitely is. Um, so, yeah, um, for me, my own self-healing, I always use Kundalini Reiki. So, um, and then I, a lot of the students have switched over to the, like that. And then you get all the different frequencies that come with it. Um, so like the DNA healing, I always use that frequency, you know. Birth trauma is another big one I use all the time. Uh, so, yeah, the frequencies are really good in that class. In that class. And um, how did you learn about Kundalini Reiki? What was your um, exposure to understanding a different type of Reiki other than Asui? Well, um, so I was so excited, like I said, that it was like, I'm going to learn everything. <laughs> so I did. I researched and anything with the word Reiki on it. I'm going to learn that. <laughs> so that's kind of how I did. I mean, it was like, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> so uh, and this and that and this and that. So I found somebody who was already a Kundalini Reiki master and I connected with her. 
Um, and so she did all the attunements on me, gave me the little manual. And then she said, OK, bye. Have fun. And it was like, oh, OK, am I going to be OK? <laughs> so, um, so that's kind of why I created the class, because I'm like, I don't think I'm comfortable with just saying good luck. Hope you'd be OK. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but that's how I learned it. It was just really about the attunement process. And here's a manual. And so I know that, for at least for myself, when I felt the Kundalini Reiki energy, that it, it did feel different, even though it's all Reiki, even though it's all Reiki, it did feel different. Like instead of going through me, it felt like it was going around me and through me. Right, right. So I did, again, everything just opened up a lot wider. And so you're going to notice and experience more. Yes. I loved it. I loved it. Um, you know, we talk about energy in different forms on on this uh, show. And uh, a lot of times, yes, we talk about like psychic and mediumship. And in a psychic and mediumship, when you're opening up those energies, actually, you are putting attention on your energy opening up, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> your energy opening up around you. Right. And then it just kind of goes in that way. So it was interesting how that naturally was what was happening with the kundalini reiki so it felt very natural and i just i loved it and it was just the opening up of connecting to something greater than ourselves but on a wider scale like you said and it's just releasing that kundalini we have it it's stuck there you know once it gets gets released it's like thank you (laughs) so yeah sprinkle it into the atmosphere Just become it. And so, yeah. I appreciate that. So thank you. Um, So what are some of the things that you're working on additionally this year too? I know you do Reiki circles um, and you have multiple programs. What are some of the things that are upcoming within the year that people can be a part of or just learn from you in? Um, So it's like you said this month, I have the oncology Reiki. I have the Kundalini Reiki. Um, for November, December, it's pretty much level one and two classes. Uh, but I do have the the biweekly share, Reiki share, where people can actually come in. And if they don't know Reiki, they can get a session or get, you know, a session um, or they can try it themselves. So it's a great time to just come in and experience the energy. Um, and then for those who are Reiki practitioners, it's a great time for them to practice. Uh, so that's kind of why I also created the Reiki share, because when I first learned Reiki, it was kind of the same thing. OK, bye. And it was like, well, what do I do now? It's like I need to do something. And so I decided when I teach Reiki that I'm going to create a situation so my students can actually you know, use it. And so the Reiki share was one way to do that. Uh, so that's the first and third Wednesday. And- that is, I think, the one of the most helpful ways, right? If you have a school or if you have like an ongoing clinic or where you can go out and, and there's a community built because, you know, that's what Asui had and how everybody learned and grew from one another. And the students taught the other students in certain capacities. And, um, and we don't have that normally as a foundation, um, for how we teach Reiki, especially in, um, the United States, there's not a lot of schools where people can come and be a part and practice on an ongoing basis. So it's very special what you do. Right. Uh, and so again, I wanted to, because I was totally lost after I learned Reiki, uh, and I didn't want that to happen. Uh, so that's why all the volunteer stuff came. You know, we go out to animal rescues, the horse rescue. Uh, we do a lot of hospice work. Uh, so I just want to make sure all my students actually could use their Reiki. Absolutely. So thank you for stepping up and doing that. Uh, one last question we're going to take. Someone's asking, uh, do we carry generational energy from families, traumatic experiences? Is it passed on? I believe so, because everything is energy. And we hold the energy from previous generations. It just, it gets passed down. And so the trauma is there as well. Um, I don't think it's as deep rooted in us as it is the person that was originally traumatized, um, but it is there. And so again, Reiki healing sessions are a great way to get rid of that. I, I think I really much think so. You talked about like the DNA clearing and, you know, our DNA is, yeah. It's created from, you know, the the combination of our mom and dad's DNA, right? When we're born. Um, 
from that physical space. And I do think that sometimes, you know, we just take on other energies, even if it's not a generational thing. Um, we're, 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 we're all connected. We're made to share energy. Like, right. Right. And yeah. you can, you know, if somebody's in a really down mood, you feel that if somebody's been just angry and fighting and you walk into that room, you know, <laughs> you know, that energy's there and we're going to feel it and we're going to be connected to it. So, yeah. I think, yes, whether it's generational, physical, or just because the heart bonds and connection, uh, yeah, it's all it's all relative. I really do truly believe that. Um, so it, we're almost at the end of the show. It's crazy. It just goes by just like that. Like I always say, um, I always give um, the guests the last word, um, an inspiration piece or whatever they'd like to share um, with the audience. Um, that <laughs> okay, let's see. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> the biggest thing is just like what I said earlier, everybody can do this. You know, um, don't think you had to be born with a special talent because we're all born with this talent and we've got so much more than we think we do. Uh, you know, give Reiki a try, you know, give a class a try. Um, you don't even need a class. You can literally put your hands on yourself right now, set that intent for the energy to uh, flow and it will flow. Uh, you can set the intent to receive healing. You will receive that healing. Uh, so we make it very complicated, but it's not. It's very simple. Just set the intent and um, let that energy flow. Set the intent. Thank you for having the intent to join me today, Carrie. I really appreciated it. Um, you know, with the thoroughness that you brought um, about the love of Reiki and what you're doing with it. Um, please, where can people find you, whether it's your website or multiple places? Can you please share that so people know where to find you additionally? Right. So the website's free Reiki for cancer or hbreiki.com. Either one's fine. I'm on Facebook under Carrie Draper. I'm on Instagram under Carrie Draper. I know I'm not a good business person, so <laughs> just put my name there um, kind of a thing. Uh, yeah, I kind of suck at business. Um, you have things in place. You have a LinkedIn even. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much where you can find me. Okay. So please, um, uh, if you want to learn and and study under Carrie, please check her out. She's wonderful. Uh, with that said, again, thank you for being here today with me, thank Carrie. Um, absolutely. Anytime. Um, everybody, please go with love, luck, light, and laughter, and don't forget to live. Um, I will see you on Friday for the reading show, any um, one that wants to be a part of that. And then next week, we are back with the interview series. So with that said, take care and see you then, um, everybody.